0: Today's episode, I have one of our surf scale store members, Kristen, and we are like deep diving into ways to make your life better like how can we improve our mindset? How can we improve how we show up in our business? How her business took her three years to get where she is now and how she has loved her journey, but it hasn't been all rainbows and butterflies. And then also just how OBMs don't necessarily need to be certified to have high revenue generating months. And this is just the start of it, y'all. So let's jump on in Hey, Surf Scale Store family. I'm super excited today because I have one of our Surf Scale Store members, Kristen, on the show today, which I'm always so excited to spotlight our members and hear their stories because their stories truly inspire so many of you. So Kristen, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell my audience a little bit about who you are as a person and about your business? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So
1: I'm Kristen Lux and I live in the beautiful college town of Columbia, Missouri with my husband, Greg and Corgi Mix Bullet. We are uh, outdoor enthusiasts. So probably any moment that I'm not at my desk working or cooking at home or something, I am outdoors walking, hiking, biking. I love to do yoga also in my free time and also just hang out with friends and family and see the sights
0: in our community. I love that. So tell me, what is your favorite type of yoga?
1: My favorite type of yoga? I don't know that I have a favorite type. It depends on what mood I'm in. So if I'm needing to kind of come down, I love to do yin yoga. That's a really awesome practice for just kind of calming your system down. But I do like the kind of more flowy, faster paced yogas as well. And those are the ones I usually tend to need, actually. Really, the biggest thing I like about yoga is I have a teacher that I really like on YouTube, Yoga with Adrian, Adrian Mishler. She is kind of my jam, and I've been following her for a number of years. And she's really helped me kind of get into a good space with my yoga practice just by doing it at home so I don't have to go to a studio every day.
0: I love that. Before having Riley, I used to love to do hot yoga because I cycled. And then after that, I would like to do hot yoga because that's the only time that I'm like super bendy (laughs) when it's really hot. So I always ask. And now I've also started getting back into yoga because Peloton has yoga. So like, you know, doing it at home. So I think that that's such a great way of self care in so many ways, like not only for your physical body, but all your mental health and self care. So I love that you take that time to do that. Okay, so tell me about your business.
1: So I am an online business manager and systems coach for micro businesses. So I'm usually working with either a solopreneur or a very small team. And it's typically a business owner who has gotten to the point where they've maxed out what they can do themselves. So they've maybe started to build a small team, maybe some contractors even, but now they're lacking the systems that they need to really scale that the systems and the processes. So I usually come in when they're at that state and I help them just kind of figure out a lot of times they don't even know what their processes are or they don't have them clearly defined. So we usually do that work first. And then we start looking at how we can better build out their systems to support the day-to-day in their business and their team.
0: I love this. Okay. So tell me with that, are you working with a certain industry? Like, are these coaches or these like photographers? Are you just like doing systems, but for a bunch of different types of industries?
1: So I'm kind of in that niche down phase right now. And I'm not a kind of person who likes to just like force things. I like to just like let the universe like queue up what's next for me. And so what has queued up for me is just really like heart-centered, mission-driven clients. That's the common thread between all of my clients. But right now I have a client who's in e-commerce. I have a client who is a magician and a business speaker. And then I have a client who's in the functional medicine space. So... That is so fun. Yeah, but they're all very like heart centered. They're all trying to make a big impact in this world, and so that's really the common thread. I have not found yet which industry is the best fit for me. No, um, I, and uh, working with amazing business owners.
0: Yeah, so I think that's so good because we talk about in serve scale soar. Like, there's three ways to niche down one is by like your service then the second one's by industry and then the third one's the combo approach and so you have that like so nailed down and so I love that like there's so many ways to niche and you've like taken yours to also not only the service but also like the personality of the person so that heart centered really driven to make an impact person and I think that will serve you so well so that's exciting okay so I always love talking to my like systems admin people because so many people are like, oh Brandy, only people, you know, can scale if they're digital marketers. And I'm like, bump. Like, that's not true. Like we have so many people in Server Scale Store that are in that admin system space and they're having incredible months. And you're one of them. So tell me, how did you even get started in the online space?
1: So quite the journey getting to the online space. I've been here about three years at this point, but it really feels like last year, 2020, was my first year. Basically, I got burned out working for other people, not because they didn't have amazing businesses, but I just I felt there was something more that was missing. And I also felt like I wanted to help more than just one business. Like I had all these gifts to share and I needed to kind of like spread them out. And so I was just to the point where I was just like, I got to quit my job. Like, I just got to go. And I didn't really have a good plan in place at the time. And I just kind of went for it, which is totally not like me. But my husband was in full support of it. And so I just went for it. But that first year, I really floundered quite a bit. And since I was going into it already burned out, I further burned myself out because I kind of just jumped into the chaos that first year. Didn't really implement a lot of systems, didn't really put a lot of parameters or boundaries around which services I was offering. And at the time, I was actually doing more marketing type services, not really the admin. I was actually actively running away from the admin space and trying to get away from that work, even though that's like my calling and that's what I'm the best at. And so that second year, I actually just had to take a long rest and take a little break. I still stayed connected in the online space, did a lot of personal and professional development during that time, but I didn't really work a lot. So really in 2020, at the beginning of the year, right before the pandemic, I relaunched my business as for the love of systems. And for the last year, I've been focusing on doing not just Trello setups, but also coaching people how to use Trello. So we actually set the system up together. And then mid-year last year, I also added in online business management services. So I've been focused on that for about, oh, maybe six, eight months or so. And that's going really well. But now I'm at another kind of turning point in my business, which we can probably talk about here in a little bit oh, you
0: sparked everyone's interest and you're just (laughs) going to leave them hanging and you're running away from marketing. You're a great marketer. So I love that. Okay, I have a few questions before we jump into what's next because now I'm super curious. But you talked about how, what I want to acknowledge, like this has been part of the conversation a lot in 2021. And I think the end of 2020 that I really started bringing this up more is how entrepreneurship is a journey. Like there is no finish line. Yes, we all have a starting point, but there's no finish line. Like it's a journey and we get to decide what our path looks like. We're all going to go down different paths and even like where we're going is different. We all have different terms of success. And so I love how yours was like some people can look at you and be like, Oh, she just kicked off her journey and now she's having 5,000 plus dollar months, but like you didn't just kick off your business in January. This has been a process that's been going on for three years. And I think that that's so relatable to so many people. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for talking about the burnout. Thank you for talking about how you needed rest and you took that, but you came back because you just knew you needed that. And I think being self aware of what your body's telling us is so, so important. And we don't need to go to the point of burnout, like it's better to slow down, take that break then get to that point, just for our health, our physical health and our mental health. And just for like our family, like it all goes in together. So thank you for sharing that you touched on a few things. One, so does that mean you use Trello? <laughs> I do use Trello. Yeah. Oh man, I love Trello, and Trello gets kind of a bad rap, but I
1: think for people who are just getting into yeah. using project management tools, it's the best tool. And Trello has these amazing automations that you can build into the system. I have this rockin' customer support board for one of my clients that, like, I've built in all these automations where checklists are getting dropped in. It's really putting the SOP or standard operating procedure right in front of the person in the right moment when they need it, with all their checklists and stuff. And I know you can do that with ClickUp and all the other tools as well. But I think for people who are new to those tools, that the simplicity of that setup in Trello and just the interface is very simple as well, that I think it's really one of the best kind of entry level tools, probably along with Asana. Asana is a good one for people getting started too. But it's really good for people when they are just getting started out and they need to be exposed, but we don't need to go quite to like ClickUp yet for them.
0: Yeah. I love this because I'm going to say that I was in the wrong because I quoted someone that I thought was a genius quote and nothing against the quote because I definitely repeated it. But I said that I heard and I thought it was so genius that they've never met a million-dollar business owner that uses Trello. And since I said that on the podcast or it was during our virtual conference or something, I've actually met not one, not two... But three multi-million dollar business owners that use Trello in their business. It's so funny. I was talking to my good friend, Kerry. He's like my business best friend. And we were talking and I had like done a call with him and we set up his ClickUp. Like I'm totally nerding out over ClickUp. And I found out that he just told me they used it for three months and it was so overwhelming. And so they went to use Trello and I was like, you're using Trello after I set up this beautiful click up. (laughs) So it's so funny. I love this because, you know, this is the whole reason why we stopped promoting Dubsado. We didn't stop, but we don't lean on promoting Dubsado as heavily anymore as HoneyBook because the level of entry was too high for Dubsado where people can get started quicker with HoneyBook. Now, I will never promote Trello because I'm like obsessed, but I think this is a good reminder that, like, if ClickUp's not working, it doesn't mean you can't use a project management system. You just have to find one that works for you. So, if that's Trello, do it. And I love that that's what you specialize in. So, Perfect. Had to ask that, of course, because Trello doesn't come up much on this podcast.
1: But I, I know like a lot of an outsider sometimes. Like I know, <laughs> I understand the rage of ClickUp. Like I understand. I'm not like, oh, ClickUp sucks. Like I get that it's amazing, but I like to work with people who are like so overwhelmed yeah. that they just need someone to ground them back into reality. And when they're in that stage, if you bring in ClickUp they're not going to use it. So I want people to actually use the tool that I'm helping them set up and not set
0: them up for failure, basically. I love that. I think that's great. Okay. So then the second thing I wrote down, in case you were wondering what I was doing over here, I was writing down notes. So the next thing you brought up is how that first year you didn't have boundaries. You said you didn't have boundaries, you didn't have systems. So since that first year, what boundaries and what systems have you implemented in your business? So I would say the
1: biggest boundary is just the services that I'm willing to offer. So I think this is very common when you're getting started as a freelancer, just owning your own business, that you just want to do everything. And I don't think that's wrong to try to dabble in different things because it's a good opportunity to test out what you like and what you don't like. So I don't regret what I did from that perspective. I recognize that it contributed to my burnout and was a big factor, but I'm not upset that I did it. I think I learned a lot from the experience also of almost feeling tossed around by my own business. It's like you create this thing for yourself and then it just sort of like spirals out. And so I was very tossed around by it, but it was because I didn't put my own structure around it. So what I've come in and done now after the fact is I've narrowed what services I'm willing to offer. Like even my online business management services, they're more focused on like customer support and the customer experience and then the systems kind of supporting that really the customer journey, like the customer journey is like one of the first things that I map out. And then we are looking at like what systems we can use to support that. But I'm not really pretending that I'm a marketing wizard. And even though I was offering marketing services, I haven't kept up in marketing. So I narrow my scope in that regard where I let clients know like, yes, I understand email marketing systems. We can help with email marketing systems. But I'm not probably the right person to be giving you advice on marketing, you know, like high level strategy and that kind of stuff. So, I've had to narrow in that regard. And then I also have obviously business hours where I'm open for business. With some clients where we have to do a lot of touching base throughout the day, I've layered in like having a Google Calendar that I share with them that they can overlay into their calendar and then they can see which hours I'm working in their business. So, there's full transparency. And also, then I'm not having to like message back and forth. Like, I'm very careful in how I set my boundaries so that they're very collaborative and easy for my clients and easy for me to keep them updated. So I would say those are probably the two biggest things that I've set as far as boundaries. And then I'm always just like, I don't know, just as situations arise, like a friend the other day was like, oh my gosh, I bet you could teach like a whole class on inbox management. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not gonna. (laughs) That's not what I want. I'm focused on systems. Of course, that is an inbox is a system, of course, but that's just not my wheelhouse. And it's, I'm staying in my lane. Like I learned very much to stay in my lane after that experience.
0: I love that. So, in beta to biggie, we have phases. And so I love to say stay in your lane. And so in beta to biggie my program, we say stay in your phase. Yes. And it's like <laughs> it's the same thing. Like just stay in your lane and that's where you'll see the best success. It's just like the whole like journey metaphor like when you're going on this journey, you're driving like stay in the lane you're supposed to be in. And if you need to get out of that lane for a little bit, make sure you come back. So I love that you said no, because every time we say no to something, we're saying yes to something else. So I think that that's so powerful that you figured that out. Okay, so we were just talking. Oh, no, I can't go on now. I need to know. Like, what is what is the next step in your journey? Becomes, my cliffhangers come back. I know. Where is it? I can't forget about it. <laughs>
1: So I'm at a point of like, I don't know if it's a pivot point, but I'm at that growth point where like, I'm maxed out on my retainer services. So if someone came to me right now and was like, I want to hire you to be my online business manager, I'm not able to take them on. So I'm at the point in my business where I have to decide, do I want to bring someone, a contractor, or an employee into my team and start building a team? Right now I have one-off contractors like a graphic designer and a website designer, you know, when I need help with those things, but I don't have someone in the day to day. So I'm at a decision point where I need to start deciding if I want to build kind of more of an agency model with what I'm doing, or if I really want to zoom in more on the Trello coaching and setup services. And even if I want to zoom in more on that, I'd probably still want to bring someone into the business to help with that. So it's kind of like, do I want to grow the online business management? Do I want to grow the Trello setup services? I also am at a point where I think I would like to do a passive income product. So like I'm looking at maybe doing beta to Biggie next year to bring some Trello templates to market that would be for basically like your day to day workflows and processes. But I'd like to layer in Zapier so that people Mm -hmm. understand how they can really make a system a complete whole by connecting different tools together and really getting that system to work for them. So that's kind of on the horizon too. Yeah. It's definitely like... This is the part that I'm just trying to let unfold though, because I know that whatever I'm supposed to do is going to just kind of show up. And the person who I want to bring into my business has just shown up recently. It's a really good friend of mine who is more detail-oriented, more project management focused. He's actually a PMP by trade, project management professional. And he would be the perfect person to bring in. He's expressed interest. But now I just have to kind of figure out the best way to kind of bring him into the business and make it work for both of us. Because I want it to be an opportunity for him and not just him coming in to help me. Right. I love
0: this. I have 2 questions. So you know, this comes up a lot. People are like, well, one day I want to start an agency. So I don't think I should join Serve Scale Soar. And it's so funny because I don't teach anything about agencies at all and I'm very vocal like don't come to Q&A and ask me how to bring on subcontractors because like I don't know. I mean, I could figure it out, but like it's never been my journey, but that doesn't mean that Surfscale sort isn't effective because we actually have a lot of people in there who now have either agency models or they have team members working on their team and they're still utilizing Surfscale sort. So if someone said, "Kristen, should I join Surfscale sort, but at one point I want an agency. What were your thoughts be?" And y'all have no idea what she's going to say. So you be honest. Don't say anything that you think is just going to please me. No,
1: totally. I would say that the biggest
0: thing that SurfScale Store has brought to me is the understanding
1: and the knowing that I have to be clear on my processes. I have to be clear on who I'm going after for my clients. Who is my ideal client? How am I going to now level up my services? Well, we have a module for that also. You know, And so it's kind of like to build an agency, it's like building a house. You have to build the foundation first. So serve scale SOAR is like the foundation of the house. And then once you have the foundation built, you can go, okay, do we want this to be one story, two story? How many windows do we want? Obviously you decide that before the building process, but like you get my point. Like There's things you layer on top of that foundation, but I look at Serve Scale SOAR really as that foundation. And it's going to always be there then to support you when you do have your agency built or when you do have your passive income product built or whatever your particular journey is. But even business owners who have agencies, at the root of everything they're doing is their services. And so... Why would it be hurtful to like learn more about your like how to perfect your services, how to set up your systems, how to do all those things, how to find your target client or your ideal avatar? All of those things we're learning in Serve Scale soar, and they're only going to add fuel to the fire as we move on to the next stage in our businesses.
0: Well, dang, we need to put you in a commercial. (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) I love the metaphor. That was so good. And I think that's so true. Like Even for my business, I've not grown an agency, but like Serve Scale Sword is my journey. And so that created a foundation for me to also be able to launch Serve Scale Sword, the membership. And then conversions for clients and beta to biggie. But it all started with that foundation of the services that set you up financially and systems because those systems will go with you no matter if you decide to have an agency, a course, like once you learn anything in the scale with simplicity system, which is what's in serve scale sword, the membership, all of that is what I do in my business as a course, like I start at the top and go around. And so I love that you said that, Kristen. So thank you for those kind words. That was good. Thank you for having such a great program that's been so helpful, not just to me, but to everyone
1: in the program. I mean, you can feel the inspiration in that group, especially on the weekly win thread. I mean, I don't even always have something that I feel like putting in there, but I still go read them every single week because it's just like, it's fuel for your fire. It really is. And it's also, I think it's so important to get in groups where people are making more money than you're making you have to be in groups where you can start to see what the next phase of your business is going to look like. And to not go in there like, Oh my gosh, I'm so little. I'm only making $1,000 a month. But to be like, Okay, I'm making $1,000 a month. That's awesome. This person is making five, let me strive for five. And let me watch their journey and see how they got to where they are. So that you can learn from that situation, you really have to immerse yourself in the type of energy that you want to grow into, I
0: think. And I think that's such a good message because it's kind of like the whole, the five people you s- surround yourself with is who you become. And I think that's so... And then we were just talking before we hit record about how you were like, don't stop the income reports because I love to watch your journey. And it's the same thing in SurfScale Store on the Winpost. You're watching people's journeys where they started, where they're at now. And that's a really exciting thing. So thank you for sharing that. My next question that I want to go back to is you said you are an OBM. Did you get certified? I have not gotten certified. I contemplate it
1: regularly, but I know that as far as like most of this year goes, it's not on my path. I'm exploring maybe thinking about doing it the end of this year or next year, but I'm just not sure. I mean, it really just depends on how much I can level up my skill set myself without going down that road. Because I know you don't always (laughs) encourage people to get certifications if they don't need to. And it's an investment. I'm never against investing in myself or something for my business at all. But I do have to look at the the cost of it and say, is this going to be the highest and best use of this money? And right now I'm not in a position to make that determination. Just from a time perspective, I need to get some things cleared off my plate first. But when it comes time, I'm going to have to say, is this the highest and best use for my money to invest in myself? Because maybe I want to use that money for something else at that point too. So it's tough for me to say at this point in time.
0: Well, I didn't know if you were or not. So I always ask this because you have hit a number that most people would love to hit over $5,000 per month and you're not certified. And my question is, has any discovery call ever asked you, are you a certified OBM? No. And in fact, my most recent client
1: found me through the Dubsado Facebook group, landed on my website booked a call and you know the rest is history, but we didn't have any conversation. She just saw something I posted in there and found me and loved my website, resonated with what I was saying on my website. So no, I mean, it didn't come up once. It wasn't even part of her consideration, I don't think. I think she just wanted someone with that title and understanding to come in and help her with those things in her business.
0: Yeah. And this is why I'm like, eh, I mean, I don't judge. If you want to go get certified, I think certifications are great for people's confidence. I think that's what they serve is a confidence boost for that person. And if that confidence helps you get more clients then oh heck yes, do it. Like all about it. One thing I don't want people to feel like they have to do is go pay a bunch of money to get certified. And then think that certification is going to do something like 99% of our clients do not know that like their certifications. And honestly, certifications are not recognized at any, like, it's not like a doctor, like a doctor has to get certified. A school teacher has to be certified. A therapist has to be certified. These are managed by like national boards. On the online program, everyone's coming out with a certification. Here, you get certified for building a funnel. You get certified for knowing how to do Facebook ads. You're certified for becoming an OBM. And it's like, well, who are you to certify? You know, like it's one of these things that if it builds confidence for you, do it. And that means you get more clients than do it. Like, what is the return on investment of being certified? But then the other flip side is it, is it actually going to get you more clients? And that's where it comes down to, is it worth my time? Is it worth my money to get certified? And so people ask me all the time, will you do a certification for conversions for clients? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like it's not happening. Who am I to certify anyone in Facebook ads and how does it serve you for me to certify you, like be in serve sales store for seven months, and I'll put you on a directory, and then you'll get clients that way, you know. And so I, it's always a reminder to me that like, you don't have to get certified. But if you choose to, then good, like, I hope it helps you get more clients. I hope it builds confidence. But I think that we all need to know, like, you don't have to be certified to get clients.
1: Yeah. And I think that with certification programs that they can be beneficial for someone, say you're coming out of corporate and you have no exposure to the online space. And you're like, I want to start a business in six months. Then it can be a more direct path to figuring out the online space. I think if you're in that position, you might have the money sitting around to pay the you know thousands of dollars for the certification. So from that perspective, I don't think it's wrong for some people to go down that path. But I think that a lot of people who come into the OBM space specifically, they start as VAs. And they know that they're savvy with admin work. And they know they're savvy with setting up systems and and managing teams. They've probably even been exposed to all of that. I know I have. But I needed some sort of framework to kind of like guide me. And so I just started by reading the OBM book. Tina Forsyth, the woman who created the certification program, has a book. And I mean, the book is going to be the same as the program. It just doesn't have all the teachings. And so for me, that was enough to go, okay, I'm ready to level up my skill set. I already know how to do all this stuff. I'm already doing it. But I just needed a little bit of framework to put around kind of describing what I do and teaching clients about
0: what I do. I love that so much because it got me thinking like people ask, did I like take a course on funnels or anything? And Facebook ads, yes, I did. I think, and this is not just because I have a Facebook ad course, but like I truly believe Facebook ads are something like you really need to take a course on. I really think that YouTube ads or something you need to take a course on. There's other things out there that like you don't like you just said you read a book for me to learn funnels. I read com secrets by Russell. And I got the funnel cookbook and I was off to the races like you're learning. I also am always like, I want to be a better writer. Y'all can't see this, but I'm holding up a book. So I want to be a better copywriter when it comes to writing my own sales copy. So I bought the ultimate sales letter. Like there's so many books out there that will teach you this information, that stuff that's just true in principles, it's not going to change. Like how to be an OBM, systems may change, but the principles are still going to be the same. How to build a funnel. The funnels are going to stay the same. The principles are going to change the same. Something that's always constantly changing. So Facebook ads, YouTube ads, like SEO, things like that, you may need to take a course on because they are rapidly changing much quicker than a book can be published. And so things like that, even an executive assistant, your world-class assistant by Michael Hyatt, like I read it and I was like, oh, now I know what an executive assistant does. And here's all these resources. And so I think that there's so many books out there that can educate us on a particular like area that we can learn how to do that. We don't need a certification. We don't need a course in. It's more, I would rather you spend your money learning how to implement systems and marketing than how to do like a particular skill set. I agree completely. And
1: Lord knows there's enough freebies out there where people are giving away their information. Now it can be a lot to aggregate those and sift through them. So I think you have to be very intentional if you're gonna try to learn from freebies. But that is a way, especially if you're coming into the space and you don't have a lot of clients yet and you're just trying to get going. Download some freebies and just see what other people are doing. I never, obviously, am encouraging anyone to copy anything or steal anything from anyone else, but just see what other people are doing. I mean, I spent so much time, especially during that year that I was off, just following other people on social media. And... I joined a a program, you know, like a membership, like Surfscale Soar, you know, just kind of like immersing myself in information. And the more you can immerse yourself in that information and read newsletters and all that kind of stuff, the more you'll just ultimately build that skill set over time. And also just doing the work is really, as long as you know enough to start doing it and you're bidding your projects on like a project basis and you're not charging hourly, there's nothing wrong with learning something while you do it. Just don't ever push that off on your client and be like, well, it took me 20 extra hours for your project. Well, that's because you're learning, of course. But learning by doing is just such a great way sometimes. So there's definitely ways to kind of piece things together without jumping into a course. I think you're right to say that courses give people confidence boosts, And I do think that sometimes it does fast track them into whatever it is that they're trying to do so that they don't have to piece it together themselves. But I don't think
0: they're necessary at all. Yeah, I love that. I think what's really important when you look for a program for service providers is I think community is 100% like the biggest factor before anything, something that teaches you systems, because that's something that can be super overwhelming. So finding something that just gets you quickly started and then marketing. I think that's the other thing is not enough people know how to find clients. You may know how to write the best sales page or do the best inbox zero or whatever it may be. But if you don't know how to get clients, who cares if you know how to do that skill? And it doesn't have to be serve sales or it can be any program. But I think if you're looking at a program, those are the things that I would look for. And that's the things I wish I would have had when I was starting out as a service provider. So Kristen, this has been so amazing. I can't wait to see what comes out of everything. You got me all fired up talking about certifications. (laughs) I don't have very many soapboxes, but that's like one of them. But tell me what has been the biggest win in your business?
1: I think the biggest win for me has been learning how to trust my gut. When I was younger, I was just, just like my first couple years of business, I was flailing around quite a bit. And I felt almost very rudderless. And I've done some very intentional work to get to the point that I'm at. I have plenty of work to do still. But I'm at a point now where I really can listen to my gut. I really can. um, I call them signs from the universe. You know, you ask like, hmm, should this be this way? And then you get a sign like 10 minutes later. So I've learned to really listen to those things and to look at them as When I'm asking if I'm on my path, that those are my answers to that question. And then it's generally never this like very direct yes or no kind of thing. You have to be willing to read between the lines to really get into your gut, I think. But that has been the biggest thing for me is just using that as kind of my guidepost so that I'm not trying to force things because I'm an Enneagram one and (laughs) we're perfectionists and we like to have things done a certain way. So for me, it's just really important as I try to not lean into that perfectionist tendency of mine to really just kind of like know that my gut and the universe, if you will, has my back and that it's all going to be okay if I just listen to those things.
0: Ah, I love that. So, do you mind sharing? If you do, you don't have to. Do you mind sharing? You said you've done some intentional work. Do you mind giving some examples of what that intentional work is? Because I know my audience is wondering.
1: Yeah, of course, man. It runs the gamut. I've been working on myself for a long time
0: now. <laughs> love that. I love that. I work on myself every day.
1: Yeah. So, yoga has been a big, big factor for me in getting my body into more of a state of homeostasis. I used to be just super like. High strung, but like chaotic high strung, not like balanced and managed. So yoga has been really good for that. I've done some meditation, but I find that my body actually needs more like intense work because my inclination is to not, I run from the intensity. So I need the intensity, and that actually brings balance to my body. I've done a lot of reading and listening to books like audiobooks. One of my favorite sources for that is the publishing company Hay House, H A Y House. I love Wayne Dyer. I've done some work with Louise Hay and affirmations. Like, affirmations have been a really big part of my journey. Gratitude has been probably like doing a gratitude journal, I would say, has been the most transformative thing that I have done. I consider like when my husband and I moved to the town that we live in right now, we weren't happy with our house anymore. We wanted to sell it. And I just started finding gratitude for it. And I found gratitude every day in my journal for something in our house. And like two months later, We were just like, we're moving, we're going. And then we mentioned it to our friends and they were like, cool, we'd like to buy your house actually. And our friends bought our house and we were like up and out of there and in a new city in like three months. And I really attribute that to gratitude, to really taking time to appreciate my house instead of like looking negatively on it and looking for all the flaws. And you can take that as a metaphor for many things in your life that when you focus on the good, more good is gonna come. And when you focus on the bad, more bad is gonna come. So, those are probably the biggest things I've done. And then I just, I mean, I just listen to podcasts and, you know, obviously I listen to your podcast. So, that's been a big part of my journey as well when it comes to my professional
0: development, I would say. I love this. So, Very similar. Some of my yoga has not been part of it, but some of the other ones is definitely gratitude. Like I am all about the gratitude. Um, the five minute gratitude journal is amazing. If y'all want to get started somewhere, it may just be called the five minute journal, but. It's all about gratitude whenever like we're in a launch, whenever I don't want to work out, anything like that. I always do like a five minute or 10 minute gratitude meditation, just gratitude for whatever I'm resisting. So, like you talked about your house. A lot of times resistance comes up for me with working out. So just being grateful that I have a body that can work out and my health. And so whenever we can flip that to gratitude instead of like resistance. Amazing things come from that. So I love that. And then um affirmations. I've I have a few affirmations, but what is your favorite affirmation?
1: My favorite one that's kind of like a general one that I like to use is I am healthy, happy, and well. I think it just summarizes like how we all really want to be. Like we all want to be happy, we wanna be in a good state of health, and we just wanna be well. Like we just all want to have a good life. So that's one that I probably write the most often, I would say.
0: I love that. So I have a affirmation that I've never shared with anyone. So you will be the first, and then everyone. And I think this comes down to mindset too, and to show like this is an affirmation that if you would have said, "Brandy, say this affirmation four years ago," I would have never been able to say and then like actually mean it. And now it's like my go-to affirmation, and that's everything I create turns to gold. Yes. And so that one is like a whole mindset shift too, because like. As women, especially in our society, like if a man were to say that, no one would shame him. But I'm sure there's some people that probably not listening to my podcast because y'all are my people, but that could hear me say everything I create turns to gold and be like, oh, she's bragging. Oh, like, and have all these things. And so it's been this whole like 360 shift of owning that and being like, no, that is my affirmation that breeds power. Into everything I create. And because that means like everything I create turns to gold, means that it's gonna impact 10 times more people. And so that's mine. I love yours. <laughs> and so even yours. that, like when you said it, yours, I was like, oh man, hers is like so good. And I like almost didn't say mine. And this is such a mindset thing for all of us. And so thank you for sharing yours. I know that like sometimes when we talk about this stuff, it's like hard, just even for me to tell y'all that was hard. And so thank you for being so open, sharing all this. Your journey has been incredible. I'm so glad that our paths have crossed and that we get to do this together. But before we wrap up, I do want to dive into some rapid fire. It doesn't have to be the first thing that comes to mind, just the first like feelings that come to you. So what is your favorite part of your business?
1: my clients, getting to work with the amazing people and just the things that they're doing in their business and getting to be a part of supporting that and the changes that are being made in our society because of their business. It just helps me sleep at night, to be honest. I love it. I love that. It's
0: that full ripple effect of being a service provider. Okay. So best piece of business advice you've ever received.
1: I have two, I would say. Um, the first is done is better than perfect. That is like my mantra. And I still struggle with that one, but sometimes you just gotta go. Like you can't sit around and make sure something's perfect all day. And then the other one is more of like a personal development, but I think it's really important in the context of what we've been talking about is where attention goes, energy flows. So where you put your focus is what you will bring into your life. And that has been hugely important in me just letting my path unfold, but knowing that as long as I had my mind right and I had a good mindset that everything would work itself out.
0: I love that. So what does success mean to you?
1: Oh boy. Success for me is having the time and financial resources to be able to live that healthy, happy, and well life that we're all striving for so that I can have an impact on the world having an impact is a really important part of my existence. But I can't do that if I'm not in a good state, if I don't have enough money, if you know, if I'm lacking things, then I can't do that.
0: So that's really important to me. I love that because I always say and I heard this and it just sticks with me. Money doesn't change people. Money amplifies people. And you were talking about like, if you don't have your health, if you don't have your wealth, you can't help others. And that's so true. Okay, so tell me what is your favorite part about surf scale Soar? The community, of okay, course, a bit ago.
1: <laughs> but it's true. I mean, just being immersed in that community. I mean, the women, mostly women. There's a few men in there, but the people in that group are just so supportive. We have little breakout groups where we have get it done days where we work on our businesses, and there's just I don't know. Like we're at a point now, those of us who have been in there for a little bit too, where we're making referrals to each other, and I connected a couple ladies from the group to a woman in my community who hosts workshops because they were interested in teaching workshops. And getting that off the ground in their business. So it's just fun to see kind of the collaborations that come out of it and to be inspired and be cheering each other on all
0: the time. It's awesome. I love that. And y'all, we may be, I don't know when Kristen's episode is coming out, but we may have more episodes coming your way about how to create community within your programs or all these things that we've talked about. Like, how do you get started? When do you know the right time to create that second revenue stream? And so that is coming. But Kristen, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Thank you for being open, honest, transparent. It was just such a phenomenal interview. And I cannot wait to see what else comes to your life in the next six months to a year. So tell my audience, where can they connect with you? Where can they just learn more about you?
1: Yeah, so my website is fortheloveofsystems.com and four is spelled out F-O-R. I'm on Facebook at forward slash fortheloveofsystems. And I'm on Instagram under my name, Kristen underscore Lux. And Kristen is spelled with a T-E-N like the number and looks
0: like luxury. I love it. And we'll make sure to link up all this in the show notes. And you can also become friends with Kristen and serve scale So she's also hanging out in there. Okay, y'all. Thank you so much, Kristen, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness, y'all. Christine was so stinking amazing. I love the direction that this interview went in because I don't always know what direction they'll go. But Kristen was so open, transparent, and honest with all of us about her journey, about the mindset work, where she puts her energy, where she has been on her journey, and where she's going. And I can't wait to hear more of Kristen's story in the next 6 to 12 months. And if you would love to reach out to her and tell her how this episode impacted you, click in the show notes, one of those ways to connect with her and let her know what this episode did for you. And if you want to meet Kristen and more people just like Kristen, head over to surfscalesort.com forward slash free and check out my free training, how to scale to consistent 10K months without a team, even if you think you want an agency in the future. As always, y'all, until next week, go out, Serve your clients, scale your business, and soar to the six-figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve Scale Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.